Oh, I still have the JLP talk background. We'll fix that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And they all came down to the ladybug's picnic. And we're off. It is 9.01 a.m. U.S. Pacific Daylight Time here in Los Angeles. Monday, October 30th, 2023 A.D. I will have Kaz with me is the plan, okay? Kaz of Atheist Edge, formerly of, well, also of Factitionalist Network, a slightly less active. Two YouTube channels, actually. He is he has hosted slash moderated multiple debates with Hake versus various people on, uh, on Modern Day Debate. So... Check him out. Check out his moderation work on Modern Day Debate. Atheist Edge is his YouTube channel. He's also on Instagram and Twitter, also known as X, and Facebook. So you can check out uh, Kaz once uh, after we connect here on the Hake Report. We're going to be connecting with him soon. In the next few minutes, going to talk to him about religion because he's an atheist, I think, right? How do you, how do people, how are people becoming atheists? Uh, so we'll talk about that and you can call in and talk to Kaz, talk to Hake about the religion, atheism, uh, the politics of it, the mess of it, how people become it. Hey, he's even in the chat. Nice. The YouTube chat. So, uh, your calls, if you'd like to call in guys, you will be taking your calls an hour or two here. But anyway, guys, let's get right on with the show! One, two, three, four. Oh, it's the Hake Report. The Hake Report. La, la, la. Oh, it's the Hake Report. The Hake Report. La, la, la. Hey, guys! How you guys doing? I am fine. Yes, I'm wearing that pink shirt that it's the real Mr. Mad you refuse to buy. We call it mauve. M-A-U-V-E. It's like a dark, manly pink, if there is such a thing. And it's mildly attractive. I finally got it in. Got them in, guys. Thank you. Mildly attractive. Uh, so I have my guest with me, I do believe, here. Is he unmuted? Is Kaz, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine, man. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, I introduced you as a atheist, a former, uh, well, a, a mod on uh, Modern Day Debate. What else can you do you want to tell briefly about yourself to the uh, viewers here? Sure. I, um, I do videos on my channel about, you know, atheism uh, analyses and uh, commentary, de- debate reviews. I'm working on a debate review right now. That I'm going to publish soon on my uh, first is going to be on my Patreon and then um, going to post it live. But yeah, that's what I do mostly. Nice man. You still moderating for Modern Day Debate over there? I mean, um, I'm available for it. He hasn't asked me in a while. I just usually yeah. just am uh, like a free agent. Just he tags me in if he needs me to. But I, I see he's got a lot of new guys there, so I don't think he needs me that much anymore. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I I go on when asked as well. So like he uh, 
every now and then. I may be on his uh, channel on Friday, but we'll see. Um, you're also, well, just a little background on you. What, just to share the stuff that I know a little bit about you. You're a veteran, right? Yeah, yeah. And a, um, six years. Worked in the oh, medical yeah. field? Um, um, yeah, I was a medic at first, then I became a nurse, and uh, was a nurse for about 10 years when I got out, and then I got burned out, lost that job, so now I'm just disabled. <laughs> okay, man. Um, you're a family man, and uh, you've referred to yourself as cappuccino, in terms of people are like, what are <laughs> yeah, you? I, <laughs> that is a humorous way that I uh, like to... Uh, Maybe not so humorous. It's a little more than that, but uh, it's a uh, it's a way that I like to characterize my racial background. Just because um, I'm not interested in necessarily buying into the things that I'm born into. You know right. what I'm saying? The uh, the world that we live in, the, yeah. the the constructs and the paradigms that we exist in. I'm not necessarily going to be uh, bound by those. And the my, my mother is black. My father is white, and I have both of those histories. And I don't feel like I'm necessarily compelled to be one or the other. I can be both. I can be whatever. Yeah, be yourself. I, I like that. I can relate to that. I remember as a kid growing up in uh, like seventh, eighth grade, being told by the textbooks and teachers that you're going into adolescence and you're going to be angry. You're going to have attitude. You're going to have... Uh, emotions. And I didn't like being told what I was going to be, what I was going to go through. I felt like it was um, c- sort of condescending. These people tr- trying to tell me about myself when they don't even know me. So I kind of relate to the a little bit different situation, but relate to the not wanting other people to try to define me or put me into a, some box that they have for me. Sort of. Uh, yeah, I can empathize with that. Yeah. So uh, I think of you as sort of an objective guy, able to, I don't know if you're able to withhold your opinion or just keep even keel and take, take in other people's opinion. It makes you a great debate moderator. I had no idea where you stood when you uh, moderated my appearances on Modern Day Debate. And I was surprised that you were, I wasn't that surprised that you were an atheist, you are an atheist, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. And you're actually kind of into the atheist thing, if you will. Like, you have a channel, Atheist Edge, on YouTube mm-hmm. and um, these other platforms. How did you, did, were you raised non-religious? Were you raised Christian? Were you raised uh, in some other oh. sect? So I was raised in the Jehovah's Witnesses. That was that until my parents got divorced back in ninety ninety five. And um, after that, my mother took us through a little journey into a basically Southern Baptist um, type of situation. And in that, I became more of a non-denominational Christian, uh, whatever that means, the, 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 the colloquial way. That yeah. I, mean that. I don't mean that in the actual non-denominational church type way. The, uh, I just was disaffected by the way that everybody around me was so flippant with the actual text of the Bible. I knew from... Like, for example, I have an aunt who is a preacher, right? She spoke in tongues. I was raised that uh, speaking in tongues is not going to be something that's going to be happening in the last days. I was raised that women should not teach um, all the you know usual things. And then I see that everybody's just okay with this, right? And then they've got their own little justification. So that just took me through um, 
a whirlwind of uh, not knowing where I was for a little bit. I just decided I'm just going to be a Christian. I'm just going to follow Jesus, love Jesus, try to be like him, blah, blah, blah. And um, then I think I know, I don't know if, if you want to get into the whole atheist art thing too, but that's just where I was yeah. as a kid. Okay, yeah. And then how did you become atheist? Right. So, so part of that, you know, is a, a losing of faith a little bit right there, right? So yeah. um, after that, I joined the military when I was uh, 18. And uh, no, I'm sorry, 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I joined when I was 20 and deployed to Iraq. That was the biggest thing that was part of my deconversion, the, uh, the witnessing the war and all the horrors and atrocities that was. Iraq? Was it and, Iraq, um, Afghanistan area? It was Iraq, yeah. yeah. Um, had a lot of um, casualties that I took care of. Not so many Americans. There were plenty, but uh, way more than that. I was a line medic, um, and so we had a lot of uh, local nationals that they would bring to us. You know, um, If somebody was injured by one of our uh, RPGs or one of theirs even, um, or a sniper fire or whatever, if somebody got injured, they'd bring their casualties to us. Now, very often, that would be children. Also, they had a, um, there was a proclivity there for making tea on the ground, with very hot plates and stove in a little teacup teapots, and so children were getting burned a lot, right? So I got I got a lot of that stuff. Anyways, um, all that in total, along with you know losing friends, disaffected me from it to a great deal. But I still was holding on. So then when I got back, I used my GI Bill to go to a Christian college. Um, I was at that time learning about atheism from YouTubers and stuff. But I wasn't ready to buy into what they were saying. Um, I was saying to myself, this can't be true. There's no way that Christians know about any of this stuff and haven't debunked it or found some explanation for it. But when I went to college, I went to uh, was a, a Baptist university. And we took, it was mandatory, no Old Testament, New Testament history. You have to read the whole thing once again. And I had already gone through it a lot once before then. Um, but so we read the Bible again and I and taught these. I still have all the slideshows from my uh, college professors, right? I can show you. Um, they know about all these things that the atheists say about the Bible, about the, uh, about, for instance, the way that uh, there's whole verses that are just pretty much fabricated or, um, uh, you know, the copying that's going on, the, uh, the plagiarism, the X thing, um, all those things are just, they're part of the, the common knowledge. And I was blown away. They're teaching me the same things in college. I'm here for the atheist. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm an atheist. So that's it. <laughs> Interesting, man. Uh, and is that, in your experience, do you know the stats? I know that are, there are a lot of people turning atheist. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a big trend for decades, probably, maybe I don't know how long, of Catholics be, turning into recovering Catholics and younger I, people. I, I'm not. Okay. I'm not familiar with any kind of uh, stats on that. I really hate metadata. <laughs> if okay, you ask me nice. who wrote what, when, I will never be able to answer that question. That's what <laughs> Google's for. <laughs> True. Yeah, I, I don't really like statistics. I like, I like them somewhat when they're easy to understand and give a kind of confirm what people's common experience is, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a lot of ways to lie with statistics. I like, I like anecdotes because they're like a real person's story if they're telling the truth you know and that's they can kind of illustrate how things come about rather than um the old like poverty causes crime thing 
which is way oversimplifying it. It's not even, it's kind of a vicious circle type of a thing. So uh, I've noticed that atheists oftentimes go, tend to be like on an atheist mission, or at least the ones, you know, that's, those are the ones whom you hear from or hear about because they're, uh, it, it becomes sort of an identity where they um, find it their mission to spread like atheist memes. You spread atheist memes on Atheist Edge, I, I, you know, I, yeah. and uh, they come off kind of snarky, kind of angry. Uh, do you have that? Do you get that sense from? Do you get that sense from yourself? Or from fellow other atheists that, whom you uh, network with? I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you, right? If you, you have your beliefs about what is right and what's wrong, right? Yeah. And when you see somebody who doesn't share those beliefs necessarily behaving in a way that is antithetical to them, then it's going to cause some kind of anger for you, right? Um, I can't tell you all the cases of children being harmed in churches, um, all the cases of parents neglecting the care of their children, for prayer or all the other different little things, the um, the harm that is that's obvious that religion does, right? I can't cite for you every single case, but they're they're everywhere and just very easy to find. So I mean, I understand where you're coming from there, but I hope you can empathize with that too. You know, like you you've seen the cases. I've seen where. Um... Well, to your first point about the... Uh, Sorry, I'm freezing here. It's so cold. Oh, right. <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm shivering. It's like a little... little. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I didn't know that. Well, I appreciate you coming yeah. in here, man. Um, I've noticed that when Christians and atheists fight against each other, they're emotionally attached to the stuff that they believe. And Christians see atheists turning um, more towards the liberal side. And... Atheists seeing Christians being either hypocrites or, you know, doing their evil people doing things in the so-called Christian context. You know, you talked about the churches and parents getting nutty ideas and doing evil things to children. And I just see that as just human beings caught up on their egos fighting. And I don't even blame atheism or Christianity or religion or non-religion because I just see evil people um, making excuses for being evil and pointing out other people's evil and ignoring their own evil. So I do. So what makes a person evil in your opinion? Um, What's the, 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 the clear line that delineates between all good and all bad people? I don't know of any good people, but I, but when I say like evil people being evil, I mean, people caught up in selfishness in, blind lies and uh, pride and I used to think selfishness was a big part of it yeah I I let go of that okay hatred um yeah um misguided people are just people are very misguided whether they're religious or or anti-religious or or non-religious they uh we human beings get caught up in ideas and emotions and just mistreat ourselves and one another, waste our lives, get, get, uh, 
And then we f- get caught up on stuff that we think that we know, the thing that we believe, and bash one another over it when it's when we're just not that's not re- living a real and decent life when we're doing that. So okay. that's what I mean by evil. Okay. So for me, um, I would say that evil people are people that have no consideration for other people. Um, selfishness, I think, is a... Am I muted? No. Um, I think that selfishness is what is... It, it's a logical... Uh, foundation for goodness. I think that if you're truly selfish to the, to the maximum degree, you're going to realize that if what's best for you is for everybody else to be in favor of you. Doing things that harm others is going to reduce that. It's going to leave open the door for some kind of retaliation, even if you think that you're getting away with it. Yeah. So it's just the most selfish thing in the world to be a good person. Right. And I think that that's true. I think that it's, uh, I think that people, it's, it's true in both ways, in both the good way and the bad way, if you will, if you'll go with me. I don't know if you're following me. It's like people are selfishly nice to each other and selfishly, um, they have an ulterior motive when they're kind one to another. And that's why oftentimes they end up turning on one another and that selfishness turns into like a blind selfishness where you're no longer um, treating them well just because you perceive that they treated you wrong, you the general you. And so that selfishness falters in its clarity. It goes from a worthwhile selfishness, like you're treating each other, you're treating people as you would like to be treated, to you turn on them when they when you feel betrayed or when you can no longer get something from them, when they are no longer going to be with you in a relationship type of situation, you kind of throw away the, you throw away the relationship oftentimes. And that's, yeah, I've been that guy before. I understand where you're coming from with that. That's a blind Um, version of selfishness where you're just, uh, caught up on, on ego or on mm -hmm. this, uh, this false, uh, this false notion of, what you think that you want out of life. Yeah, it's about short-sightedness and ignorance. You just, yeah. You can't see the, the, the forest for the trees, you know? Yeah. Man, I don't know where to go with this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that what you're trying to get at here is that... Um, well, I, I know that from our past discussions, there's a lot of uh, the idea that the things that we call things like racism or um, other kinds of bigotry that we've delineated, you just want to chalk it all up to just hate in general, right? Is that where we're going with this? Yeah. Uh, whether, you, whether you call yourself religious or not, whether you call yourself an atheist or not, people are guilty of what they accuse one another of being. You know, the racism accusation, you see that a lot. Like, it gets ridiculous. The sexism um, argument, the uh, Christians blaming atheists for the country going down when the Christians failing is why there are so many atheists, you know? Um, Because we used to be a Christian country and the parents failed the children and then they were left exposed, in my view, uh, to 
see the hypocrisy of the parents and and not have not be able to um see through like the lies of the world and so the world has become more more uh fake christian and then there's like halfway decent people in every camp whether it's christian or whatever or atheist or whatever but for the most part yeah there's certainly horrible atheists right there are certainly horrible people in every uh, demographic of whatever you know um i wouldn't try to defend you know an atheist you know who's doing horrible things yeah and i know that i am not a perfect person i've done a lot of bad things in my life that um i feel horrible about you know every day so and that was before I was an atheist and after. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that people tend to puff up and like identify with that group of atheists or black or white or women or whatever when they when they when like a stereotype comes up or somebody takes a a member of that community does something evil and people are like, see, like mass shootings. Oh, anti Christian mass shootings or Christian uh, terrorism or white terrorism or whatever, or the Muslim, you know, the, uh, the Muslim, um, terrorism, people get all defensive. And then, uh, everybody finds some way to be a victim out of the situation or feel attacked out of the situation. And that's just a, a cause for more anger and fighting and backbiting rather than, rather than working together. And, uh, being Can you give me an example, like uh, exactly exactly what you're talking about here, so, so I can see the dynamic. There was a, there was this um, story of a. I don't know if you follow hockey at all, but there was this hockey player over the weekend who died. His uh, throat got slit by the the ice uh, skating, you know, blade of a guy who kicked him, and it was a, it happened to be a black player who kicked this uh, white player, and the white player he kicked him intentionally. It looked intentional. Um, it was like a collision with three guys. And he lifted up his leg. He didn't look like he had any business lifting up his leg. And people are calling it murder because the guy died. Bled out and he died. Mm-hmm. People are calling it murder. People are calling it manslaughter. People are calling it freak accident. Um, the, the whites who have a beef with the, you know, the, the attack on whites are calling this, like, black-on-white crime. And the, um, the mainstream media is highlighting how this was an accident and how this guy is now catching a whole lot of um, hate mail, the uh, black player who, who did that. And he's going through it. Uh, I'm sure he didn't mean to kill the guy. I mean, it, <laughs> what sense would that make? But... Everybody's but being. But you do think he meant to hit him with his foot? I it it looked like it. I can't tell. I don't. I'm not in the guy's mind. But everybody's like everybody's a victim in this situation, and people who have nothing to do with the situation are all up in arms over it. Like us outside looking in, the video the video goes viral because people identify with a human being do this doing this to another human being, and then the race thing. And uh, the dirty play, it looked like a dirty move. And so, and then also the attacks on this uh, black player. They're, he's catching hate mail. People are 
all animated and they have nothing to do with the situation. But everybody so regardless wants of the to... situation that actually happened on the ice, there are certainly people who are animated by race to make hateful statements, right? Yeah. So everybody's everybody wants to fight over this and everybody wants to get emotionally caught up in this situation that has nothing to do with them. You see it all the time with viral videos. People fight over it. Like them. it could be the case that those two guys specifically had a beef with each other. Some other thing that we're totally unaware of. Yeah. That just they had a beef with each other, and maybe he did do it intentionally, but it wasn't about race at all. Right. Maybe it could have been exactly. about race, though. Yeah. Maybe the other guy said something racial to him. Who knows? So I don't know what the situation was. Um, yeah, and it, it, may have not, even, it may have just been a, a total accident. I, don't, I have no idea. But go on. Just trying to warm up. God, can't stop sugaring. <laughs> Sorry, um, man. <laughs> no, no, it's not your fault. No, I, uh, I had this room warming up since like an hour before I came in here. It didn't work. <laughs> There's a cold front coming through. It's even cool out here in L.A. and the uh, the desert out here today. Yeah, and I, I, I know that people make things racial that aren't necessarily racial. Yeah. And that just happens all the time. People are... Racism exists, I believe, in all people. I don't think that there's any such thing as a person who's totally, unless you don't have a concept of race. I think that little kids aren't really racist, um, but they may be able to see differences in other people and may be averted to that. Because that's just normal um, animal behavior, right? Animals respond to other animals that don't look like them, like their kin, and they are wary of that, right? That's just animal behavior. Yeah. It's unfortunate, um, but that is the case. We just have to be cognizant of it and um, try to model of behavior that we think is appropriate, you know, that is ideal. The ideal is I treat you the way you want to be treated, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, um, <clears throat> I don't know if, I don't know if it's necessarily even unfortunate to, that people gravitate towards their own. I don't see that as an unfortunate thing. It's just like a plain reality. It's something that people have a right to do. And, for some reason, whites, because in the white countries, they're the more diverse countries, I guess, they get singled out as racist more often than the other races who are just doing the same thing, but they're just being normal, and it's there's no harm meant, necessarily. When there's harm meant, or there's uh, malice, or, or blind judgment, I, f I get that. But so often, the blind judgment is the people crying the racism. You know, the mainstream media well, I mean, feeding into that. If, if it were the case, imagine a scenario in which all the races decide to separate, segregate entirely by the continents or whatever, right? <laughs> and they all go off on their own little paths, building up their, their, their nations. Eventually, they all have nuclear weapons. And then because of this hatred for each other, they all blow each other up and the human race ends. I don't see it happening that way. I, I mean, I, I think the human beings are going to always fight even amongst each other. You'll notice that families don't even get along. And um, when, when people are... Uh, I'm not saying that it's going to happen that way. I'm yeah. just trying to illustrate that um, the logical termination of this, taken to the extreme, is an unfortunate circumstance, right? When you, when you have a, a thing and you're trying to figure out, is this an okay thing or a bad thing? Just imagine if everybody else did it. If everybody was doing it, Right. If literally everybody is saying, I'm just sticking with my own people, I'm not going to be around anybody else, eventually that is going to terminate in war, at I, least. I mean, I, maybe not the end of the planet, but I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see how you're saying that the, um, 
that them separating to their separate continents, which obviously that's not reality, wouldn't happen anyway. No. But I don't see how them separating to their separate continents would make them fight amongst each other and and bomb each other out. I think that I don't see how that would increase or decrease the uh, the threat of people killing one another. Because people are killing one another by mixing together. People are killing one another when they're separated. Um, I think. I mean, that just would... look at history, right? As as territories become more um, detached from each other, they're going to start competing for resources, right? There's, it's either you compete or you cooperate, right? Yeah. So if we're all separate, then we're in absolute competition. Not necessarily, because there is. I think even in the segregated times, there was some cooperation and trade and mutual understanding um, because there's always going to be some What segregated time? You mean like the 60s and stuff? You mean before that? Because as far as I understand it, race wasn't really a thing until America, really. Right, because we had to deal with this situation. I think that it may have been in different places, but that's... I think that that's... uh, because there must it must have been because people were interacting um, with Af- you know Europeans interacting with Africa, uh, Europeans in- interacting and Middle Easterners interacting with Asia. I think there was always some level of interaction, but I think that this- yeah, there was lots of interaction. I know that in like ancient Greece uh, and in ancient Rome, and for instance, it wasn't really a racial type of situation as far as the uh, the enslavement of peoples. Um, even as far as I think approaching the Middle Ages, but uh, I could be wrong. But definitely at some point, as, towards the transatlantic slave trade, when that started coming up, that's when we started focusing more on the color of people's skin as opposed to um, the creed that they were part of. Yeah, I mean, in America, the um, the whites and the blacks in the South, for example... Once they uh, abolished the slavery, they started, uh, uh, from my understanding, they started the segregation thing, the Jim Crow laws, separate but equal, supposedly, and that was their way of dealing with the uh, two different groups of people because they were kind of distinct. They had sort of distinct cultures and ways of being, and they wanted to, the whites wanted to keep to the, keep to themselves at least those in charge wanted to keep the communities separate and avoid what we have now where there's fighting and suspicion among among them so uh, to me i see it as their way of dealing with it and now our way of dealing with it is more oh let's all try to be diverse and get along and expose each other to ourselves and then we'll have mutual understanding, and that works on that works for the the people who have sense, but it doesn't work for the people who don't have sense, and it doesn't work partly because the mainstream media loves the um, viral video effect of having people be suspicious and fight each other and accuse each other. You follow okay. what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, I'm not totally well educated on the history of how racism came into being. Um, I just know the, the racism that I witness in the world that I'm around, the racism that I was taught about from my older generations, right? Yeah. And I, I see the effects that that I, that I seem to 
observe here. Uh, the, the facts are what they are, and we can't. I, I, don't, I don't know what, what are we disagreeing on exactly. Um, the notion that segregation, people people naturally segregating as they please or not please, right, right. would be um, uh, would lead to the ultimate evil. I think that it's. I think giving people freedom or allowing people freedom to separate or not separate or say whatever they want and be called racist or not is, uh, is better than what we have now where people are on an anti-racism witch hunt and push diversity on the people. So I'm just trying to honestly consider that a, a option, right? Um, obviously, I have this idea in my head that it's going to be horrible, right? Yeah. And you're saying that that's not true, that the reality is it would be okay. The reality and is it would be no worse than we have today. No worse. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so the Which way today that I'm is pretty bad. how this works, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way that I see it working is that you're either on a path towards working together or you're on a path towards coming apart right and once you're apart it's just us versus them not i i say not necessarily on an interpersonal level when you break up with a girl ideally you just go your separate ways and no more malice no more interaction no no ill will nor no nor no um fake love yeah but if she calls you up and says hey can you help me pay my electric bill what are you gonna do <laughs> you're not gonna <laughs> no pay, right <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's not gonna you're be no any longer cooperating with her right you may not attack her necessarily but you're definitely not gonna cooperate with her you're not gonna help her um with a lot of i mean you might for really bad things you might help her out with but you're not gonna go yeah out of your way for an ex i mean yeah i see your point you're saying that we don't have to war with each other right we could have all the black people on one continent, all the white people on one continent, and just totally leave each other alone, right? Yeah, which Can isn't, which isn't what I would alone? necessarily advocate, but yeah, I mean, this can we have to deal with reality. Really, leave each other alone, though. Have we seen that in history, where people can literally leave each other alone? No, there's always been aggressors, so-called victims, um, people fighting. You know, there's even always in, even famine in, and environmental crap that makes you need or want to move yeah. uh, dissatisfaction with your uh, government as it may be and you know, all these different reasons to say, you know what, what they have over there, we got to take it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I see that, I think that there is a caricature of history where we're taught, people are taught more and more that the, that the um, Europeans or the English colonized and it was largely detrimental and i don't know if it was largely detrimental or a mixture of detriment and benefit there was a lot of benefit that came and there was a lot of uh injustices that are always happening between any human beings who interact with each other whether 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 they're the same race or creed or or not so i think that there is this whites are the oppressors thing going right now which is a. It's, I mean, I'm totally against anti-white racism. Right. I am against all racism. It is not okay to make 
a person feel or treat them like they are less because of the color of their skin. I don't care what color that is. Right. Right. I'm, it's really unfortunate that we have a history where um, the Caucasian race predominantly had control over that situation. And now there's this recoil effect. Right. That is, it's, it's, my dad talks about this sometimes. When I, talk to him, I talk to him a lot, right? He talks about this recoil effect of when, like, the leftists are doing this, and it makes the rights do this, and it makes the... This is how it works, right? Yeah. It's, it's endless revenge. Stop. I'm yep. totally with you in that. Stop the re revenge against white people. It's not okay. It is racism, pure and simple. Yeah. That's, that's how I see the, um, the atheist thing, as, like, a backlash against the failure of the Christianity um, or mm -hmm. the Christians... Where, um, again, like I said, the parents, the parents are weak, the parents fail, they do wrong, the churches are led by an establishment of liars, kind of like we have in the government, an establishment of, of weak people posing like they're, like they're strong and like they're just. So I see it as everybody is fake, um... And so the atheists throw out the the baby with the bathwater, and okay. So, if, if you could imagine yourself throwing away just the bathwater, all <laughs> the bathwater, uh -huh. right? So you're gonna disregard all the the Bible, the teachings, the churches, and all the preachers. You're gonna ignore the apologists, and you're just gonna focus on God Himself. Or <laughs> yeah, yes. How are you gonna keep that baby? What is what? Are you, what are you holding on to with that baby? Like, wh how do you know that baby is even there? Yeah, I, I say that I personally don't know, and I think that a lot of the failure of the Christians is talking like they don't when they know when they don't know, and I think that's the failure of the atheists too. Then that they arrive, they jump to a conclusion that um, prematurely, where. There are honest atheists out there who are who are who try to stay objective and watch themselves that they don't they don't they're not that they're not led by their emotions and pride because it becomes a pride battle. You just start spouting off what you believe and trying to beat look down on the other pe people who don't believe what you believe. So I mean, there are certainly a lot of atheists in that stage of their development. And that's, I think a lot of people are like that. But um, I think that's human, that's human being nature. I think you know me well enough to know that I'm capable of putting aside my pride and listening to what you have to say. Right. So I just want to know where that baby is at. I think, it's, I think it starts with knowing that you don't know. That um, rather than spouting off different scientific facts that that either back up or debunk god or the bible and stuff like that that's no, absolutely i will not i will not try to use evolution a none of that stuff i will not refer to the science in any way to try to say that god isn't real right yeah. my personal experience is that i have not seen evidence of god and yeah. therefore i conclude that there is none and for me and for me i haven't seen any compelling evidence i should say i'm sorry yeah and for me i haven't seen any reason to abandon my upbringing as a christian and hmm. so your upbringing the the, the the christianity that your parents taught you yeah is the exact same christianity that you have today no it's 
it's a little different in that I don't even I don't even remember or know all that much of what they believe. They didn't push all that much mm-hmm. on me. They I did grow up when what, I was learning to read you? at three years old, like I was learning Bible verses. The Lord is what my was your denomination. It was kind of like you, non-denominational. My my parents, my mother took me to a Presbyterian church, her parents' church, but it was not really like the Presbyterians that you hear about today. I mean, they've changed over the last 40 years, too. I'm 42 years old, and Presbyterians have changed. And then my brother married a Friends Church preacher's daughter, and we started attending the Friends Church, you know, the Quakers. But they were not like the typical Quakers. So it was just like Bible-believing Christians, whatever. Um, and then, you know, we, there was a little bit of tongues-speaking stuff because we had a friend of the family that, uh, that oh, did the tell tongues me about thing. That. Wait, 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 wait. Let's <laughs> stop everything else. Okay. So your family speaks in tongues? Not a lot. Not really, but I do remember wait, a little, little bit. I do remember a oh, little man. bit. Both. Yeah, mine too, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> it wasn't a big show. Can you... Can you can you, you don't do it, or do you? No. <laughs> I did it as a Can kid. Can you mimic the, the noise? Okay, so as a kid, they're like, they're like, just say something. And so I was like, gooda, 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 mm-hmm. gooda, gooda. Yeah. <laughs> as a little kid. Many gotta see the I couldn't come up with stuff like that. They have like four or five words, right? you might call, that they keep on repeating in different orders, and they, so ridiculous. That's not what speaking in tongues is, though. The Bible describes speaking in tongues as um, a divine <laughs> translator, like a Google translate of God, where yeah. you speak the word of God specifically, your preaching, yep. your understanding of the word of God in your <laughs> language, and div- magically, divinely, however you want to call it, yeah. everybody around you can hear it in their own language. Chinese right. people can hear it in Chinese. Uh, Canadian people can hear it in French, whatever, you know? <laughs> it's just magic, you know? That's what speaking in tongues is supposed to be. All this right. crap, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. It's it was to me even that as a kid it was slightly weird. I didn't I didn't really have a big opinion about it cuz it wasn't made a big deal and it was like I can remember two or three times that th- we were doing that. For the most part mm-hmm. it was just singing Jesus type songs and going to church, reading r- t- spending time with the Lord, spending, you know, being your being quiet by yourself. We were supposed to do that as kids growing up. And that mm-hmm. was supposed to be a certain segment of the day that you'd do that. Um, reading the Bible, praying or not praying so much, but reading the Bible more. So Yeah, we had all of that. That was my... Bible storybooks with little pictures and stuff. It was beautiful. <laughs> In college... No, see, the thing is, Jehovah's yeah, Witnesses, they have this thing where we go to a convention, I think once a year. Uh-huh. And as a kid, I loved it because they did live action reenactments of Bible stories. Like... They have these people in full dress costumes. Nice. Like it was an elaborate production. And you can watch the story of Samson and Delilah, the story of the, um, uh, was it, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all that stuff, right? Just really cool stuff. And the cheese danishes. So good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the food. The, as a kid, as a Jehovah's Witness kid, were most of your classmates regular Christians? All of them. Did Every you argue one. with them about it? Or you weren't into it? No, I was. I was very into it. I would not argue with them, but I would try to proselytize as a kid. Um, I was invited to birthday parties and stuff, and I wouldn't do that because um, John the Baptist's head was served up on the platter on Herod's birthday. Wow. Interesting, man. 
yeah, I, I knew about, because I would read these chicks' publications, and I, so I knew a little bit about, like, blood transfusions were a no-no for the Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witnesses, I think. And there was a Jehovah's Witness in my junior high school, it, and he would debate with me about the Trinity. And I didn't know what Trinity meant. I just know that it meant Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I didn't think of them mm-hmm. as all being God or not God or whatever. But we would debate about the Trinity, whatever that even meant. <laughs> and he was into it because it was, you know, his mother's religion. It sounds like it was more your father's religion. No, they they met as Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, they, okay. We, they were both born. Uh, my father was born a Catholic. I, my mother was born, born a Baptist, obviously. So um, they met. They had both already converted because of previous relationships, I think. Yeah. But, there was a girl in in church with Jesse Lee Peterson. Um, you know, I'm part of the bond. Uh, thing over here and she was raised black Hebrew Israelite by her parents and when they split up they kind of left that to the side and now she's turning more maybe Christian or and JLP or encourages her not to be anything not to like take on another identity because this identity thing is a setup where you hold on to something and it prevents you from just taking life as it comes, taking life as it is. And I don't, I don't know what the answer to you to answer about how do you find what God or how do you not throw away the baby if the baby is God and throwing away all the uh, mess about the Bible and the false preachers mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, how Christians are hypocrites or whatever. But when I was in college, that's when I started to like drift from my parents' version of Christianity because I remember my mother telling me stuff that contradicted what the Bible would say. Like the Bible Mm -hmm. would say, go and sin no more. A person who's born of God no longer sins. And she's like, you're always going to keep on sinning and you just have to have a broken spirit. You want the blessings of brokenness, you know, this Christianese feel-good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's when I started going into like my own understanding or really misunderstanding of Christianity. And that's, interestingly, that's when I got more and more weird because I got carried off into it, seeking the truth all hard, reading the Bible for hours at a time, and becoming more alienated from my friends because I was no longer just a normal guy. I was trying to be a Christian in some way or other. I got more into politics at one point and became all annoying politically on Facebook, alienating friends and family and stuff. (laughs) And it was just, it seems like the more you get into whatever, even if it's the quote-unquote truth, it turns you... There, I mean, it's it's fine if, if people get alienated from you and you're not carried away into it, but most of the time when you're alienated, when you're alienating people, it seems like, at least in my experience... It's because you're getting carried away with something, with something that you're pridefully attached to and just fighting people with. And I think that takes I mean, you away from the pride, baby. Sure, but I mean, it, it, you, you believe this stuff, right? Yeah. No, I saw it as, the, as I th- a lot of the stuff that I read in the Bible rung true to me. I'm like, yeah. that's I mean, To me, right. it just seems logical. If you believe 100% that this is the truth of the God, that God has actually spoken to people and given him his actual desires and wants and laid out the path for you, 
Why wouldn't you? If you believe that this God is real, why wouldn't you follow every single word of it? I don't care if it's Old Testament, New, whatever, right? Uh -huh. If God said it, I want to do it because he's freaking <laughs> God, man. <laughs> I won't eat shrimp. I'm not going to I'm gonna grow my beard. I'm going to do all that stuff, right? Because that's freaking God. That's what he wants. It doesn't matter if he only said it to the Israelites. He wanted them to do it, Yeah. right? <laughs> I know that some of that stuff was like for the benefit of them and and some of it was translated in weird ways like i think i heard on american anchor baby who's like another um he's another host on the jlp network here that somebody said on his show a caller that the um not wearing fabric of two different types of clo of uh of fabric not wearing clothing of two different types of fabric is actually a reference to one of the like the the practices of the pagans where they wore this particularly particular thing in worship of some other false god or something. And so it was basically saying, it, w it wasn't saying, oh, you can't wear co cotton and polyester, even though I don't, I kind of disavow polyester. But there's a whole lot of people making assumptions about what the Bible means when they have no idea what it is actually saying. So here's a problem with that, right? And I, I, this is not my analogy. I got this from, I think, Stefan Molyneux, who I do not endorse. Do not go looking at any stuff. Okay. Um, I'm just, I heard this a long time ago, and it brings true to me. Okay. Um, he was a computer programmer. He wrote uh, programs. And he was talking about uh, writing manuals for those programs and trying to distribute them overseas. And he was seeing how much care that they took in making sure that every single instruction was perfectly translated so that it would be understandable to the people in that other language oh wow! and he was wondering if this computer programs manual that i find so important that i'm going to take this much care into translating why is it that this manual for life is so poorly translated <laughs> that god who has the power to ensure that we have the understanding that is necessary isn't taking that care it is not it is evidence of lack of divinity that it is not easily translated perfectly in every language. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think the Bible only came into play within, with Guten, Gutenberg's printing press, right? Most people didn't even have a Bible. Or... They were hand-translated hand hand and hand-transcribed by monks and, and, and you know, yeah, uh, so, preachers and churches and stuff. The Vatican did a lot of that. So normal people just lived their lives as best they saw. Totally ignorant. And they, yeah. and I don't know that they were any worse than us today, or or much better. But I think that human beings today, with all of our knowledge and information at our hands and Bibles at our hands, I don't know that God even meant for us to be into the Bible and stuff like that so crazily, because it wasn't widely available until what two hundred years ago, or. 400 years ago, something like that? I mean, that's an interesting thought. I, I really don't know where you're getting that from uh, as far as... People weren't... I, 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 I just don't see that. People weren't... I, I people it. didn't... People had no Bible to read, so they... Why, why would God think that you're supposed to live by the Bible if there was no so Bible until the last... So you're kind of saying that the Bible isn't important. It's not imp as important as people are pretending that it is today. How important is it? Um, it's important in that there are... There are things, there are principles in it that ring, that are true. But I you think don't that need everybody. To read them to what's know that? Them. 
you don't need to read the Bible to know that. Yeah, I mean, he even in the Bible it says, and in common sense it says, I think common sense says, that each person has some common sense. That's why it's called common sense. It's common to all, but a lot of people get detached from their common sense. To, so here's uh, the truth that I think on there is there. I think that there is truth in, in that sentiment, right? That there is within all of us the ability to understand what good actually is. Because I think that good is a real thing. I think it is not, not, not in the sense, I should be very careful with my words here, the words real and things and all this. Yeah. It, is a, it is a phenomena that exists as, it, as a, is an observable force between agents. People who talk and think and make choices, right? If you can make choices and there's more than one of you, then there's a good way to interact because there is a, is, is, is like a, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. It's the same kind of thing. That straight line exists whether there's a pencil to draw it or not. Yeah. I think that like the Christian way to say it is like the God made all of us and he put the truth available for, for anybody to access. And there's people who treat each other right and treat each other wrong. And he allows people to uh, be evil. Um, yeah, I mean, I can definitely empathize with that sentiment. I agree that there is an objective good way to treat other people. And, but I just don't think that God decided that, right? If God decided what was the good the best way for me to talk to you right now, uh-huh. then he could have chosen a different way. He could have chosen any way. He could have decided that the best possible way for me to talk to you right now is to cuss you out and act ignorant as hell, uh-huh. right? <laughs> but he didn't for whatever reason, but that's just his opinion. That's just his preference is how he felt. It's, if it's only about that. Now, if he's referring to anything else to make that judgment, then that's what I care about. What he's referring to when he decided the best way for me to talk to Hake is to be respectful and listen and all that other stuff. Yeah. So what's what's your point about that? That if there if either the good things in the world are because they are or because God decided that they are. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of follow. It's the either throw dilemma, right? Is is what is good good because God says it's good or because it's just good? Yeah, I say it's got to be just good. Doesn't it doesn't make any sense if God <laughs> says it's just good? And if God, even if God exists, the good still exists regardless of what He thinks about it. So He's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, man. You know, uh, we're coming to the top of the hour. Are you? How are you for time right now, man? I mean, I'm good to go, or we can cut it short. It's up to you, man. Okay. Let us let me hold you over at least 15 more minutes after this break, maybe um, 20 more minutes, really. Uh, I have. I want to play a song and take a quick break, five minutes maybe. Um, I oh, have some good. Super Chats to read. If anybody wants to, to call in, feel free to call in, 888-775-3773. I'm talking to Kaz of Atheist Edge, and uh, we'll take a quick break. It's, it's Monomena Monday, everybody. Let's hear Menomina, Posh Isolation. I'll be right back for hour two. Hang tight, guys, to your Super Chats and uh, any calls if you like.
Hank played the cool music for his atheist buddy. It's a Christian band. start reading some super chats as we wrap up this music here guys before we get back to Kaz some callers talking in I mean some callers calling in this is Menomina posh isolation the king of graduates Was a Quaker? <laughs> Something about that makes sense. I don't think disrespecting those who speak in tongues is cool. That disrespects one's connection with God and the Holy Spirit. I don't think we, either of us, really share disrespect, just disbelief in the notion that it was real tongues, King of Graduates. Green wall with a diamond. Your love of truth paid off. I'm happy for you. I don't know if that's to me or to Kaz, Green Wall. Zuzu CC on with a coffee. Happy birthday, Rome thir 13. Billy glasses? I don't follow, but happy birthday, Rome 13. Yenrik Yagoda, he lost faith in. Oh, okay. This one is addressing Kaz. Kaz, are you still there? Oh, come off it. Make him off. Kaz, you there? We had you on mute. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. I want to few, read a Sorry. few super chats. Some of these are for you, and then we have a couple of calls, so we may go longer than 15 minutes uh, if, you're, if you're doing okay in there. Yenrik Yagoda bought a coffee. He lost faith in God probably around the same time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he lost his hair, says Yenrik Yagoda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. It looks hair, like you uh, have way hair. Way earlier than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always had an unfortunate hairline. Like, five finger freaking, oh my god. Okay. My son, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. You're a family man. So you're married, right? Are you? Um, not legally. No. Oh, okay. Is that I've been the for like seven years. Is that the atheist way, or is that just how life happened? Or um, neither? I've been married twice. I'm not in any kind of rush to do that again. Yeah. Um, we are doing great as a couple and getting better. So I have no, if she wants to do that eventually, then we can do that. But it's not really concern. Wish you well, man. We did a little uh, 
ceremony, a little atheist ceremony, <laughs> and uh, got quote unquote married okay. um, by my son. He uh, officiated. So, <laughs> all right. It was very sweet. Uh, let's see. Base America first. I see your super chat. I, I'll read it a little bit later. Spoiler alert, bought a coffee. If the guest believes, this is Kat, referring to Kaz, that race mixing and desegregation averts violence, which I don't know if that's what he believes, have him take a look at Brazil. It's the most race-mixed place on the planet and a world leader in murder and violence of every kind. Any comment on that, Kaz? You familiar with situation um, in Brazil? I'm not familiar with the uh, situation in Brazil. I will look into that further and see what's going on and form another more well-informed opinion on that. Um, I look at it from a more fundamental uh, kind of situation where um, diversity itself is a good, um, just philosophically and practically speaking. I mean, just look at microbiology, just look at uh, uh, chemistry, right? Everything in, in existence, literally reality could not exist as we know it without the, the concept of diversity. It is diversity itself that keeps you alive. The diversity of life inside your gut, the diversity of your genetics to keep you from degrading into some kind of, um, well, I'm going to use it pejorative, but you know, to have genetic. Um, yeah. Uh, I follow what you're saying with, without uh, fidelity. De- deformities and stuff like that. Yes. yes. To- we need diversity. You, homogeneity is death. It just is. If, if the Nazis had had their way, the, the, Germany, it, maybe not today, maybe in a couple more decades, but eventually we're going to see all kinds of problems if they had had their way. It's not a good idea. It's just flat out wrong. Interesting, man. I don't see diversity as an inherent value. Uh, I, see, I see diversity when it's happening naturally as, as fine. Take, but for this instance, forced diversity stuff is, is wrong. Go ahead. Take, for instance, uh, Stalinism, right? And it, what happened with the famine under Stalin? because of the lack of diversity of thought, right? I, okay. I think we're all for diversity. I think that it's just a matter of seeing it for what it really is. But I understand your perspective, and we can discuss that further. All right. Um, JC from Little Rock, Arkansas, move for, moving forward with the Super Chats. Cute shirt, Hake. It's giving Jamie Antoine realness. Slay, baby boy, slay. Laughing face emojis with tears. Because I'm wearing my mildly attractive T-shirt. It's mauve. It is not that pink. Question for your guest. Did you ever, Kaz, did you ever experience racism for being mixed? And are your parents still close even after divorce? That's hard to say. Um, I have experienced racism from white and black people um, to various degrees. And I, I guess you could say that is because I am mixed. So, I mean, is it, have I ever had somebody say, you're a mutt to my face. Uh, actually, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it wasn't memorable um, enough for you to be holding on to it. You know, I, I, now that I think, yeah, I don't hold on to things. I really am very good at just letting things go yeah. and moving on. I don't hold grudges very good. Um, also for Kaz, if you, it's K-A-Z, not C-A-Z. Um, if you chose to have children, will you raise them to be atheists? I, I have children. I don't raise them to be atheists. I raise them to be critical thinkers. I give them the backstory back of as much theology as I can. I tell them what Christians think. I tell them I don't think it, but I tell them they are allowed to think that if they want. I'm not going to make them feel bad. Right you know, on. Um, 
there's lots of opportunities for them to become Christians. Their, their grandparents who live very close proximity of us are able to take them and talk to them about that kind of stuff. We let them do that all the time. Do you ever catch flack for what being what a uh, black atheist JC asks? No. <laughs> no. Generally, when people uh, look at me, they don't assume that I'm black. Uh, sometimes they assume that I'm uh, Mexican or Puerto Rican or something like that, but uh, it's generally not a problem for me. Uh, the, the black side of my family, um, they don't, they're not atheists, obviously. They're all Christians. Um, so there's that. Right on. Uh, he says, Kaz, have a great day. I'll read the rest of your super chat tomorrow, uh, JC, or la- later. Yenrik Yagoda says, when Kaz uses personal experience to prove he has seen no compelling evidence of God, he is rational. When I have seen no personal experience that... Oh, gosh. I don't know if I can read this out loud. I'm going to have to disavow it. Okay. But I'll, uh, but I'll read it out loud. Uh, when I have seen no personal experience that Africans are as intelligent as Europeans or can build societies as prosperous as Europe, I'm an irrational racist. Kaz explained this. So I don't know if Kaz would say this to you, Yenrik Yagoda, but you've seen, you've seen the arguments about IQ and race and stuff probably on some, in some form and societies that the different cultures have they're looking at bell curves they're looking at averages they're looking at a population right and the thing about population statistics is they are controlled by evolutionary forces right we have and the thing about human evolution is it's 100 percent artificial selection all everything that we do from our evolutionary standpoint is artificial selection and when you look at um now i'm not see i'm 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 ready to start to talk about my ass right (laughs) i am (laughs) not going to comment on the actual statistics of um, whatever, right? I know that there are African people who are just as intelligent as any white person you've ever heard of, more intelligent, right? So you can look at an average of a population and say, hey, they're not on average as intelligent as somebody else, but that doesn't mean that they can't be. That means that somebody or something has been putting some kind of evolutionary pressure on them to not value intellectual achievement. And the intellectual achievement itself is a construct of the people who created the IQ tests, right? You can create an IQ test right now if you want and make it so that you pass it 100% and everybody else is going to look like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, man. And then what about the, um, the society building thing? You, you called it artificial selection. What does that mean? Artificial selection is making decisions on who gets to be um, born, pretty much. Uh, okay, like... Like, for instance, you have a a, a litter of cats, right? Uh You neuter or spay all the ones that don't have um, the light coat that you want. And the one that does have the light coat that you want, you make sure that they have babies. You keep doing that over and over again, and eventually you're going to have nothing but litters of very light-coated cats. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like... So, like, in America, we uh, we had a population of African people, right, that we brought over here, right? And what did we do to them? We killed anybody who talked back. Right, we killed anybody who had any kind of will to stop this kind of crap. Right, we, we, we killed them. We didn't let them have children. So we're artificially selecting. I see right? what you're saying. This is nothing to do with their inherent capacity. This is just choosing that we want only black people in America that will obey. Right. So now you have the situation that we're in, and we can choose differently. Interesting, man. Hadn't heard it put that way. Uh, okay, let's see. Several more Super Chats coming in. 
Morning, gentlemen. Wishing you guys well. That's a silly notion, says being enlightened until I rise, that God is obsolete because God is good and good is God, he says. The reason you treat people with respect, etc., etc., is because returning to God gives you his nature, which is inherently good. To separate good from God is a falsity, he says. With 12 coffees. I don't know if you follow that. He's saying that God is equivalent to good. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Okay. Um, I understand where you're coming from as far as being taught that. Um, that is not how I see it. Could, what can I say about that? If that were true, could an atheist be godly without realizing it? I, I suppose, yeah. That, that seems logical. Uh, JC from Little Rock, Arkansas. What do you mean by mess in the Bible? There are certain things in the Bible that's outdated, but the word of God is not mess. He's calling the Bible the word of God. I mean, th- this goes back to the last question, right? I mean, to say that God is good, right? Uh-huh. I mean, that could be the case, but I'm looking at the Bible, and I'm looking at what is claimed that God said, ordered, allowed, all these things. Yeah, and I those remember. things are obviously not good to me. <laughs> now, you, you can try to justify it and make it all these little excuses, but they don't make any sense to me, right? There's no world where it's okay to buy a little virgin girl just because you raped her. I'm sorry. This is not, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Right. So if you want to try to explain to me how it's okay to steal a virgin girl that you raped for what is now $12 in, a, in, in shekels, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's 12 bucks. I mean, I haven't checked it in a couple of years, so it could be like 13 or something, maybe even, I don't know. But yeah, if you can explain to me how that's good, then I will become a Christian. That was, uh, or that's a reference. You can show me a miracle. That's a reference to like an Old Testament um, rule that if he like impregnated a, a, an underage girl, a twelve-year-old. No, no. It's, the, the rule is that if you um, if you take a virgin and yeah. rape her, then the punishment is you have to buy her for 50 shekels. And now you have to take, you're responsible for her. You have to take care of her. Yeah. Is, is the idea. So now she's your sex slave for life. Right. Dang. Well, I mean. <laughs> that sounds to, to, awesome, to, right? For my no, attempt, my attempt to justify that, because like, life is really rough, especially back then. Well, yeah. You know, life um, is bad. Yes, life is bad. But God is supposed to be good. That's the problem. <laughs> but consider a, a a young lady underage like that who gets r- r-worded i call it just to protect the channel i guess cuz i don't i don't know rape is kind of an ugly word but it's a reality that happens she, she somebody has to take care of her you know or cuz now she's so called damaged so called damaged god goods. couldn't god could not tell them hey if a woman's been raped in your population do not treat her like <laughs> like broken goods, he uh-huh. couldn't tell them that. No, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Bro. Come All on. right, because that's like the way to. That's the way I to make sure like that she gets taken care God of. Couldn't do things, right? Like he couldn't have told them, <laughs> "Oh, stop doing this stuff," because they just wouldn't accept it. Okay, but they'll they'll accept not eating pig. They'll accept not. They'll accept circumcising their sons. But that. But in reality, like, that's you can't that tell me happens. not to eat. <laughs> but I can cut my kids. No, man. <laughs> But it is. But if you if you look at it, it's kind of your take reminds me of the feminists teach men not to rape. Well, me, men already know, kind of know. We kind of inherently know not to do that. It's only when we get twisted in our in our lives that 
human beings start raping one another. So well, this whole the teach concept men of rape to- is, is a legal term, right? Who has it has a lot of broad things, right? There are a lot of yeah, things that can be considered rape that you might not necessarily call rape right off the yeah. right off the bat, right? So I mean, there are things that boys have to be taught as far as not committing the act of rape, right? Like you is not a good idea. Hey boys, do not <laughs> get your girlfriend drunk and then try to have sex with her. Right. Like I know that there are movies that say that's a good idea and all that stuff, but hey, that's rape. <laughs> you know, that needs to be taught. Interesting, man. I mean, I think that this is I think it's because they've thrown out the so-called baby with the bathwater where the re- the older school religious views, I guess it's a religious view of no sex before marriage uh, has been thrown out. So people are having sex like crazy. So now the only value is consent. But, you know, in defense of, not to defend, not in defense, but in like clarity, the, half the time, the only time that people can have the S word sex is getting drunk first. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then neither of them can really consent if you follow that rule. I get what you're saying. If, drugging if you were, if, people. If you were having a problem where you're taking girls out and they're not having sex with you uh-huh. and you're starting to feel like you need to get them drunk, then <laughs> what you need to do is find a man or somebody who you respect who is not to a To show you game. Right? And yeah. get his mentorship. <laughs> right. Okay? That's what you need to work on yourself. Okay. Right. There's reasons why they don't want to sleep with you. And it's not because they're horrible people. Right, but that's not, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where women, men and women naturally drink together and then... No, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with two people consensually uh, <laughs> liber- lubricating the social gear, so to right. speak, right? But that's like something... And see, that's the thing that needs to be taught, right? How do you tell if that's which, the situation that you're in right. versus I just got her really wasted and I'm about to rape her, right? Yeah. These are... Uh, lessons that need to be not just boys but girls too they need to understand how to protect themselves right right i think people human human beings are are evil and like they are manipulative yeah all right let me keep on let me keep on moving um spoiler alert says the only black guy in the entire ice hockey league also just happens to be the only player in history ever to what he calls murder kick someone in the ice, way beyond 1350 here. I don't know if you're familiar with, you probably have heard the 1350 uh, statistic. Mean, yeah, um, I don't know if that's, you You may not even, doesn't even require. I mean, we, we started off this, um, on, this conversation me. saying that statistics are bullshit, right? We already agreed on that. So <laughs> let's just throw that thing away, right? There's three, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics, right? So let's just forget about 1350, can't we? Um... Nope, can't do it, huh? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Only because our reality sees that. I mean, you go into the average it's black community. Right? It doesn't tell you the truth. It's just a statistic. Yeah, it's just a statistic. But, but when, you, when, you, when your common experience is if you're going into a predominantly black community that's run down like that, it's going to be more dangerous than if you're going into a... a nicer suburban community or whatever it's just what is your political bent are you a libertarian republican i'm more like conservative republican but no libertarian in me whatsoever there there i'm sure there is some libertarian in me yeah what do you say to that what's well there's a lot more libertarian in me than uh even liberal i'd say but there's i'm like a libertarian liberal type of guy okay um 
So the drug war, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I've heard good and bad things about it this, uh, since the 80s with the crack epidemic and the high murder rate to today where they're um, arresting people for mostly supposedly for dealing possession and stuff like that in order to deal with the high murder rate from the late 80s, early 90s. That's my context, big picture context for their so-called drug war. And it's the I, feds. I look more, a bit further back, more towards Nixon and uh, okay. Reagan. I think the feds. Um, I think the feds are not the answer. The federal government is not the answer to to any of the uh, crime problems. They, I think, hmm. they make things worse. Do you think that marijuana is worse than alcohol? In in some ways, yes. It's kind of apples and oranges, but in some ways, yeah. In some ways, like, like- no. I want you to look at, like, my question is, like, yeah, there's apples and oranges, but just weigh the apples and the oranges and tell me which one weighs more. The sack of apples or the sack of oranges? Uh, <laughs> I, I would have to admit that there's a lot of... I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because of the wide, more widespread use and abuse of alcohol is clearly more uh, destructive on the whole than the uh, lightweight... But let's just... Let- Let's just take, like, one joint versus one shot or one, I don't know, how much alcohol is equivalent to one joint. Let's just say the alcohol equivalent of one joint, whatever that may be, two shots, let's say. I don't know, man. It feels like it's more than two shots, but because a a joint... Would you rather drive on one joint or two shots? I don't know. I haven't done a whole joint ever. So (laughs) Would you rather have somebody in your face yelling at you on a joint or a shot? Oh, which one do you trust yourself? Would you rather have a gun in your hand with a joint or a shot? Probably, the, probably the joint. I'm not sure. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> I, I know that me and alcohol, if somebody yeah. yelling in my face, bad day. Yeah. Everybody involved, including me, I don't want to go to jail. So I definitely trust. don't trust myself on alcohol at all. I think like, alcohol is clearly the loser in that situation. But we have a world where alcohol is illegal. And where I was going with this is I was going to you know, try to explain you know how the drug war affects these statistics in a large way but i think that you can figure that out on your own and that's not a big deal the, the 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 thing that is we need to talk about is the principles at hand here what what is the underlying principle that allows us to say what these crimes are and aren't and how to how to police these things if if alcohol and marijuana are bad at all right then we're allowing bad anyways it's right. about what freedom is freedom the thing that we're talking about here? Because, like, me as a libertarian, I really care about freedom, right? So I don't – the things that are considered crimes, I would say that's bullshit. Those aren't even crimes, so don't tell me about the statistic, right? But if you don't care about freedom necessarily, if you're more about, you know, uh, obedience, for it, or it, for for instance, right, then maybe these statistics are the most important thing in the world to you. Uh, okay. So I don't know. Are you an obedience guy or a freedom guy? I'm a little bit of both. I'm for – I'm for freedom to do right and to say the truth, and I'm not for freedom to be vulgar, um, falsely accusatory, uh, stuff like that. And the uh, marijuana thing, I see that I see that there's a lot of culture around 
being high. And I don't think that that's part is a good culture at all. And they're but neither is the yeah yeah I agree and, and I agree that neither point, and I agree that neither is the um, the uh, the beer culture the beer culture yeah the Bud being light drunk. right I think that those are both Cold beer on a Friday night and <laughs> it's interesting because thing, right? we had from what I understand it was the women who pushed the when they banned alcohol for some. For a decade or however long that that prohibition, yeah, getting their asses beat by their drunk ass husbands. Are <laughs> <laughs> keep it clean for me, man. This is uh, oh, okay, I didn't sorry. tell you before, but <laughs> keep it clean. Um, okay, but yeah, I think that it was misguided women over and, and federal mama government over policing the alcohol thing, and now we've gone kind of the opposite extreme. Oh, alcohol is cool and all that stuff. And now we have the same thing happening with marijuana, where we're going from one extreme of prohibition to, oh, let it all hang out. And both are wrong. We, sh- we need to value, and I'm not saying by laws, but I'm saying we need to value uh, self-control. I mean, I would agree with you that there is harm that can be, gotten from marijuana use right it's not like it's a totally pure easy thing to to just say okay let's go ahead and let everybody do it right um it is to me though about the freedom to destroy yourself right freedom doesn't mean anything if duty is is, if it's subservient to duty if to, to say that freedom is below duty is to destroy freedom entirely yeah the freedom to do good only means something it means nothing if you don't have the freedom to do bad, you always have the duty to do good, but that duty cannot, if, if freedom matters, then duty and freedom have to be co-equal. Otherwise, freedom doesn't exist at all. Interesting, man. I like it. I think I agree with that. Uh, one last quick super chat from uh, spoiler alert before we get to calls, and it might not be quick. It might take us away again. Separation preserves diversity, says spoiler alert. You follow that? I'm considering it. That's an interesting point. I'll think about that. Um, yeah. Hmm. Separation preserves diversity. I mean, in a macro sense, yeah. Like, you're going to have, like, if the Earth is permanently stuck with these cultures, keep on, they keep on uh, inbreeding, let's say, because that's literally what it is. Yeah. Um, that would preserve the, di- the distinct different segments of them, right? Um, it wouldn't allow for new groups to form i mean it's not like like what whiteness was not the, the 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 status quo for humanity for a very long time right whiteness would not exist if that was the 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 way that we treated things yeah right if it was the case that we would keep everything homogenous then whiteness would never exist yeah i mean there's by whiteness you mean uh the pale skin that you have what's considered oh okay Oh, all right. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know how stuff came to be in terms of evolution or not evolution or whatever. I don't have a position on it. Um, I believe it. it, it, um, I I don't know, right? I'm referring to what I remember from what I've heard from the scientists and whatever, right? So don't take what I'm saying as a gospel or whatever. But from what I understand, it's about human migratory patterns further, further north, yeah. co- coupled with uh, bre- interbreeding with other, ho- um, uh, what is the word, um, not homo sapien, but uh, uh, 
the word. Um, the other apes that are similar to humans. That yeah. were, I wish I had that word. I'm sorry. It just escapes you at the moment. But there were other animals like the Neanderthals, right? Uh-huh. Um, whatever the word is that is that category that we are both a part of. The Neanderthals and all the other apes. There was interbreeding between humans and them, coupled with migratory patterns further north, causing the mutations that resulted in the skin that you have right there. So interesting, man. To some degree. Yeah. Man, uh, that's mind-boggling. It's fascinating. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So because of that interbreeding, because of that lack of preservation of homogeneity, because of diversity, white people exist. I I think we need both. We need... Allowance for separation and allowance for this this mixing, um, which is how reality happens, anyways. I don't like this forced diversity. Yeah, I don't want to force anybody. I'm not gonna. I'm not for any kind of policy that says, "Hey, you as a white guy have to marry a black girl" or anything like that. No, yeah. I'm just saying that we need to tolerate each other as best we can and allow for people to mix as they wish. Uh, evil is still real. Over on Rumble says. Answer my call. I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> uh, the king. I'll get to your call, man, and other calls. The king of graduates says God is supposed to be good. Hey, you're the Christian. How do you not defend God? He doesn't need defending. <laughs> Sorry, Kaz, not Kaz. Because he's Kaz. indefensible. Sorry. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you'll read the next of my super chats. Okay. Uh, it looks like I'm going to keep you through the through the end of this hour, Cass. Appreciate okay. you hanging through. Um, man, uh, CJ in Texas is on the line. CJ, thanks for calling, man. You're live with hey, Cass, Atheist Edge. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, Cass, I wanted hey. to uh, address a couple points with you. Both of them are related to each other. Uh, mind if mm-hmm. I pick your brain? Yeah. Yeah, please. All right, so two things I wanted to talk to you about is you, did you say you chose to stop believing in God because you saw no evidence of uh, an existence of God? If I use those exact words, then uh, I should uh, retract that. I did not, I would not characterize the transition as a choice per se, more as um, being compelled by um, my assessment of the preponderance of evidence. So, sorry if I said that. So, compelled means like, means you don't have a choice in it. You were forced to not believe in God because of... Yes, my understanding what, what of you, the facts at hand not? forces me to choose. What, com- what compelled you? The, the, what my, the understanding of, you? my understanding of the preponderance of evidence compels me to believe as I do. So, so your understandings force your beliefs? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is that that's your experience too, right, CJ, or no? I don't know. Like, do you do you ever choose to do anything in your life, or is everything just compelled by outside forces? Like, so I do make choices. I do have agency, but I don't think that that is my default setting. I don't think that's humanity's default setting. I think that um, my, and this is just you know my uh, my opinion, right? I'm not getting this from anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that free will is an exercise, a skill that we learn. When we are behaving Mm -hmm. instinctually, when we're being reactive, when we're um, being basic, let's say, that is Mm -hmm. not free will. That is just animal robot type stuff. When we deny ourselves, 
when we practice delayed gratification, any of those kind of things, that is the exercise of free will that you have to practice. So I do, do make choices, believe, but sometimes do you believe I'm you've just ever a made a choice or a decision in your entire life. I do. Yes. You do. Okay. Uh, so let me ask you this. When you say there's no evidence and you don't believe you've ever seen any evidence, you're pretty much talking about, I mean, those are words that usually belong in the realm of uh, science and natural laws. I did caveat that it was compelling. I don't know if you heard me. I did say it uh, as an mm -hmm. afterthought. Yeah, yeah but when you are making, evidence. no, I'm just talking about the, 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 when you said there was no evidence, that you had seen evidence and proof and things like that usually belong in the discussion of science and natural laws. And also legality and... Okay. And you have made decisions and choices. So I'm just going to ask you this. Is, does matter ever make a choice or a decision? Like, does a rock ever make a choice or a decision? Does inanimate matter make choices? No, animate matter. Too. Does, does a leaf blowing in the wind ever make a choice? No. Or a decision? Does energy, does light, kinetic energy, electrical energy, does it ever make a choice? I don't believe so, no. Does a force like gravity or a field like an electromagnetic field, does it ever make a choice or a decision? I don't believe so. Okay, those are everything and and uh, that can be proved with science, but that that's all there is in science. With that, That's in the realm of proof and evidence. So if you're talking about something that can make a choice or a decision, such as this magical thing inside yourself, there is no evidence and no proof that you are making a choice that you can show me to where I could understand that you're not just some physical robot charged with energy reacting to your environment around you. There's no evidence of a decision maker or a choice or a consciousness or anything that can predict the future or decide what it wants to do in the future. So, if there is something like that in the universe, and the universe could have created a consciousness that could make a choice, then the universe itself is capable of creating things that make choices and consciousness, which means the universe itself contains choice-making choice and consciousness ability. And I'm not sure how you believing that there are decision-makers and choice-makers is an evidence that there is something outside of the realm of science that is making choices and decisions. Okay, so I, I hope I didn't lose the, the track. Um, you kind of went on a little bit longer than I, my brain could uh, keep up with. So I'm going to just say Choices this. and decisions um, don't have evidence and proof in science. They don't exist. Okay, so science... Let's not go there. Let's go there. A pixel. How many images are in a pixel? One color. One color. There's no images no, inside a pixel. There's, there's there are no images in a pixel, right? Image. right. Are there any images in any pixels anywhere? A pixel is one color. So I cannot find images in pixels. Cannot I can find an image all inside day a pixel. Long, and they're going to call the image images. one color an image. A pixel is just the smallest unit of something that shows a color. Right. And so you see there that the image only exists when the pixels are related to each other, right? There's no image inside a pixel. So my pixels decision inside of capacity, no, he, he said, only exists. I'm sorry, what, did I miss something? No, I just, re I was about to reiterate what you said, that 
pic- images only. An LED only light is a pi- an LED light by itself is a pixel. Right, right. I know. That's the point I'm making. It exists without another pixel being next to it. And an image and an image is made by multiple pixels in relation to each other. Is what he said. Yeah. And that's how I conceptualize my decision making ability, my consciousness. You won't find it in any of the atoms. You might not even find it in any of the cells. But when you look at the bigger picture, at the interrelated, the network, uh-huh. that's where you see that. Right. Just like God, it's about right? Network phenomena. Just like God, right? I'm sorry? Just like God, right? It's a phenomenon that you can't measure. It's just like God, you can't right? Measure it. So you, you, so, so you, be, you have no problem believing in yourself exists as a decision maker without any evidence whatsoever. What? Well, I have lots of evidence. But have you apply a different life. standard to believing in God. That's fine. I have my entire and, uh, life. No, I wanted to ask you about something have... else. Let, let's just, I think, think, well, wait, think I'm well, hold on, on that. I'll, I'll let you let's ask something else, CJ. It sounds like he wants to jump in there with a comment. I, I, let's just stay there for a second. You're sa- I, you said I have no evidence that I exist, but I've been alive. That I have witnessed 38 years of my life. I know that I exist because of my evidence of that. I've got so much evidence that it's ridiculous. Like you cannot convince. What me does otherwise. being alive mean? But I don't have any evidence, any evidence that God is a real, actual thing. I have. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Let me see you get. You, no, you, you have no. You have. You have no evidence that I'm anything sorry. exists me, that could ever make myself. a decision hold on, hold on, or a choice. You called on this earlier. Let me correct myself. Um, I have no compelling evidence. I have witness testimonies, which I disregard, and I have records from ancient texts, which I also disregard for many reasons. So, other than that, I have no compelling evidence that God exists. Now, if I had thirty-eight ex- years of direct experience with God where he was talking to me, speaking to me, then you would not be able to convince me that he didn't exist. Hmm. What's your evidence that anything has ever made a choice or a decision? The evidence is that I have made choices. And I, that is my evidence uh-huh. right there. It, it may not How be absolute you, okay. proof, but so, it's evidence so you that make I can a, make choices, okay. and therefore you can. All right. Have you ever looked so you have with... No, have you ever so looked you, with... So you have no evidence that Hake has ever made a choice or a decision, so you don't believe that Hake has ever made a choice or a decision because there's no, no evidence No, I have evidence. It. I have evidence. I have seen him okay. behave in ways that are consistent with making choices, which I have firsthand experience of, and therefore I can conclude inferentially, of course, that he is making choices. Now, that is not yeah, proof. I, I cannot he, prove the I other side of reasonable the doubt. I cannot make a behind case for the Blade Runner, but buddy. I think he missed the entire concept behind it. Is that at some point there, you can I've make a technology that mimics choice making to the point that you could not distinguish the difference from it. And that's because there's no evidence of choice or decision making in the realm of science that ever, right? And if you do believe in something that's making a choice or decision, it's not matter, it's not energy, it's not a force, and it's not a field. Are those the only but yeah, realms of People science? are making choices and decisions, right? But it's I'm not ed- I, anything that science can prove or give evidence towards. Uh, I'm sorry, is there no science involved in neurobiology, neurochemistry? Does FRI, do fMRIs not exist? There's, Am I tripping? Yeah, of course there is, because there's decisions and all that, but decision-making so, so, and so choice not and all of that is beyond the, the realm of science. Or the energy. It exists outside at of all it. is it like chemistry 
as a science is not just about studying the actual matter. It's about the relations. Nothing the in chemistry right? allows for a choice or a decision to be made. It is all reaction, just like physics is all reaction, just like no choice or decision is made in mathematics, physics, chemistry, or anything else that has to do with science or math. There is nothing no in science and math, math that allows sure for a decision that? or a choice to ever be made anywhere in the naturally occurring universe. You're wrong. The choice you're to talking a about a soul is a choice. You're talking about an ethereal, non-tangible thing that can manipulate the future <laughs> of the universe because it has you desires and wants. <laughs> and what you're telling me is that parts of the universe have desires and wants, just like God has wants and desires for the universe he created. And what you're describing is you're describing souls. And when you say universe that has a consciousness, you're, you're describing God. So that's fine. I wanted to get on to this other point. You mentioned that there was artificial selection and everything that human that humans did. I'd like to know what your uh, viewpoint is on when humanity ever started existing outside of the natural world and became an artificial construct. And if humanity became something artificial, what made human beings stop being natural in the course of evolution and start being something that was artificial that now also exists outside of the laws of nature and science? In natural selection, and if a human decides to select for something, and a human human beings are natural, that would still just be natural selection and not artificial selection. You are absolutely correct, sir. The term artificial that is being used yeah, there is being used in a context, a specific context, is is juxtaposition against natural selection in the um, because the you think what human beings science. are capable of is something beyond the laws of nature. You think human beings are capable of making of choices and stuff that are beyond the laws of nature and science, <laughs> which is correct. Intentional, human beings, when they make choices, and they one, make at time, one, at one at a time. Is, <laughs> all right. I, I have a hard time <laughs> hearing him. Okay. Uh, la- cl- close out this call. Uh, I didn't know you were talking. Sorry, buddy. But um, That's fine. No, no ill in order for human for me. So in order for human beings to make an artificial to be artificially selecting something, that means what human beings are doing is outside of the realm of natural laws and science, which is precisely what I, human I would beings agree are with doing. You, They're making that, that decisions bear, and choices with science. Hey, I think you can't laws. hear him because you get louder when he starts talking. <laughs> I just it, it, it's like popping and stuff. It's not oh not smooth okay all right language. I hope it's not on the stream. Well, I think you made. I, I, just I think tell you him, just let him know that I agree with him. That I think that artificial in that context is a misnomer. I appreciate yeah, it. Everything, uh, yeah, everything's natural except for what human beings do, and it's not. And it's not bound by the laws of nature or science. Decision making and choice making is the is the province of the soul and something beyond the realm of physical and energy science. It's not. Peace out. Thank it's you, not. CJ. It's a, appreciate it. Phenomena that. of networks. Uh, interesting call, man. David in Ocala, Florida is on the line. I have to get to all these calls to, uh, before we wrap up. David, thanks for calling your live with Kaz of Atheist Edge. Hey, 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 King Kaz. Hey, um, hey. Uh, I, I want to come at this in a little different way. First off, the Word of God defends itself, okay? The, the Word of God. The Bible? Believe that. You mean the Bible oh, yeah, defends it itself? Sure it does. It defends itself in every way, and I'm going to tell you two things right now. Psalm 14 says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And the reason why that (laughs) is, is because 
Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So this is all a faith thing. You know, Why would God let issue. that happen, David, he asked. Why would God let that happen? Because, because he knows the hearts of men. No, but why would he, he let the, bl- the, hearts, the hearts be blind? Because they're wicked. Because cause of what's going on right here, see, uh, uh, I'll say this and then I'll shut up, okay? When you make excuses like this, not to seek or follow God, I wrote this down before, this is just my own thinking. When you make excuses not to uh, follow or seek God, in that you become your own God and you put yourself before God. Okay? Now you think about that. The creation declares His majesty, okay? Those birds, that baby you had, all that kind of stuff. All right. That that declares God. Let's hear from Kaz. Go ahead. Okay. So you're saying that God has allowed Satan to blind my heart, correct? No, blind your eyes, not your heart. Blind my eyes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm asking you why God would let that happen. And you said because I'm wicked, right? No, the hearts you, of men are wicked. It, what start, it started when, you know. Okay. So, so, what so I his heart's wicked. That's okay, why he's. Okay, okay. His hold on, hold on. That's no, why I asked you a question. No, I didn't say so his if, heart's wicked. If they're wicked, wicked, if they're wicked men's right? hearts are wicked. Okay, all right, all right. But he wants hey, to he, talk about himself, man. So sure, go but, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to know if, if no, I don't. This isn't about me. Okay, so the hearts of men are wicked, right? That's fine. Mm-hmm. If God, if Satan doesn't blind their hearts, will they stay wicked or will they become less wicked? Well, his 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 motive is to blind everybody to where they don't find God. Okay, Satan's blind. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So, but if he wasn't doing that, they wouldn't stay wicked, right? They would be unable to deny the glory of God, right? That question I can't answer, okay? Uh, I suggest that you ask you think God that to reveal himself Do you think that there's any validity to, you, to that all. whatsoever? Do you think that I'm on any kind of truth? Is it even What's a little? That? Like, do you think there's any truth to that? Any truth to what uh, again? Repeat your statement. Is, yeah, is, say if, it again. God, if Satan was not allowed to blind our hearts or our eyes or whatever, would we stay wicked? Well, see, that goes, uh, yeah, because in the thousand-year millennium, which uh, uh, during that time, Satan's going to be thrown in the bottomless pit for a thousand years, and men are still going to go their own way. They're still going to choose themselves instead of God, you know, and that's what I mean, see. So, uh, so, so is that because so the so there's going to be a time? There's going to be a time when that's going to be a proven fact, okay, in the thousand-year millennium. All right, let's hear from Cass. So it doesn't matter if my heart is blinded or not. Sure, it matters because if you 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 you, you well, why how about this? Why do you not believe in God? Why do you why do you feel that you're an atheist? Because I don't think he exists. Okay. All right. Well, have you ever? spoken to him like talk to him like he's your friend or how, how many times yeah. have you read the bible because i was a I devout christian a, man like for a witness. long time and i really believed the very last prayer i said to god was just asking him to save my marriage right okay. like i was married i'd try and do everything right man i was trying to do the right thing trying to do god's will right and i prayed to god uh-huh. and asked him to save my marriage and it didn't happen right so like that's right. the last time i prayed so 
Like, okay, if well, I can't pray I to God to ask thing. him to do something to help me keep up uh, doing his will, right? Something that he specifically uh -huh. told me to do in the Bible. If I can't ask him for help doing that, then I don't, there's nothing else I can get, right? <laughs> well, maybe no maybe help. it was his will for her not to be there, man. I, my first wife bolted on me when I was 25 years old, and I, my second wife, I've been with her for 31 years, and she's the greatest thing that ever happened. No, God's will is for you and to so be married for your whole things. life. That's what the Bible so, says. So, yeah, I disavow divorce and remarriage, David. I know you no. do. I know you do. But hey, <laughs> God's will is never happen. divorced. I'm not dude, perfect. You're wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. David, I never said I was perfect. David, I got to I gotta keep it I moving, know you man. Got, Take I care. I know that other call of tied you up a lot. Hey, listen. Just seek God, man. Seek Him. Read that. Read that. Ask God to help you, uh, uh, Cass. That's what I'm Just doing. Talk to Him. That's what I'm doing right okay, now, buddy. I'm seeking Him. All right, all right, buddy. All right, take care, y'all. Thank Bye. you, David. Zeus in Florida on the line with Kaz of Atheist Edge. Thanks for holding, Zeus. Go ahead. What's going on, Tate? What's going on, Kaz? Uh, a good show. I've been enjoying it. Uh, actually, I think Kaz is one of your better guests that you've had lately. So nice, man. Pops to you. Uh. So the way I understand it, Kaz, is you don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, correct? Correct. Okay. Hey, I agree with you on that. I 100% agree with you on that, And uh, but I disagree with you that, that there is no God. I believe there is a God, and I believe the problem with, with man is they often conflate biblical God with the real God, and I think that's why some people get kind of emotional when they talk, when, like, you say you don't believe in biblical God, they get emotional. I think that's kind of part of the reason. And so, like, I... I I agree with you on the the word of God isn't or by the Bible isn't the word of God. Okay, so here's what I want to say about that. Sure. Uh, the the falsity or truth of Christianity doesn't tell us anything about whether or not there is a God. Christianity could be 100% false and there still could be a God. I totally agree with you on that. Um, but without Christianity, without the Bible or any of the other religions, if we just throw them all out then we have no way of describing God, his attributes or his desires or his wills or anything else about him. So we literally know nothing about this God. So if there is that God, I just want to know who he is, what he's all about, and how do I know that he exists? If I may, uh, yeah. I agree with throwing out all those other, uh, I guess, religions, gods, too, because I don't, I don't agree with them either. And the way I see it is, I'm sure you've heard this saying, when you see a, a painting, you know that there is an artist. And I feel like that is kind of how the universe works. The way science is, the way like certain laws work, something had to put it. It's not random. Something put it in. And I think the best way to know him is to go within and just kind of be quiet. And and it's not like the, the way, like, I guess Bible's not per se, listen to God. It's just, I guess, a feeling. And I feel like the will of God is just the way life turns out for you. And I feel like, like the way I like to say it is, like, the animals that, that exist, they don't worry about things. They don't worry about food. They kind of just go on, uh, go about their life. And God provides, and I kind of feel like that's the way it is. And will you ever get that divine creator to come down and speak to you personally? I doubt it. I don't think he personally interferes with, with our stuff. I think he has created human beings to solve these problems on their own. The problem is human beings are deceived by religion, uh, holy books, and people's interpretations of these holy books. So I, I'm cool with you being atheist. I have no issue with it. And like, like I've enjoyed listening to you guys talk about stuff. So, And I, I, I think the way we get past all this like bitterness, emotionalness, is being able to have conversation and kind of just move forward from our own biases on what we think it is, whether it's the Bible or atheism, and just work together as human beings. And I think, in my opinion, God is good, and the opposite is evil. And whether that is the devil or not is, is up to, like, I guess, debate. But I just think be the, the closest you can be to God is by being a good person. And inside you know what a good person is. You know certain things that you do, well, not you, but that people do is not good. 
And so the best thing you can do is just try to be a good person and, and, and live a decent life, whether you're atheist or Bible thumper. So I, what I want to say about that is that um, I appreciate, well, let me go back a little bit. Um, I think that it sounds to me like you're, the God that you believe in um, doesn't have any of the baggage, let's say, of Christianity or Islam, right? It's, uh, and the God is equivalent to good. So for all intents and purposes, it sounds to me like what you worship is good. And that's great, in my opinion. I'm fine with you worshiping good. If you don't have the baggage of a bunch of dogmas telling you who you can and cannot um, associate with or treat uh, with respect or, you know, giving you these ideas of, of being superior to other people or whatever else the, these religions may convince people of, then by all means, I embrace and accept your religious beliefs and I will not try to convince you otherwise. Um, I, if, if your beliefs, if I see that your beliefs may uh, influence you to think poorly about other things, I might try to argue with you about that. But the, the, the bland belief in God is a amorphous construct is fine. It doesn't hurt anybody. The problem is we humans, we, we put our interpretations, which is really just us projecting ourselves onto God yep. and claiming that God wants what we want so conveniently. And that's the problem. So go ahead. I, by all means, believe in the God that you want. It, I don't think that he exists. I don't think that you have any way of showing that he exists. And I don't believe in things that I can't demonstrate. So that's that's for me. That's just me. Hmm. Well, I could kind of agree with you. Maybe that I do believe in, in good, I guess, as God or whatever. And Man, if that's how you want to live, that's how you want to live. I'm cool with that. I feel like God has created people to live their life and enjoy it and, and live in the moment. So if that's how you want to live your life, I'm all for it, man. As long as you're you're not doing so-called evil, like hurting people or, or doing like how you said, if you saw me doing something you perceived as evil, you'd want to say something. I would want to do the same thing. And so if you're living like your life as an atheist, but you're doing good, I'm cool with it, man. Like I live on a farm and I work on a farm and I don't know, I'll be working and just looking at the animals and I feel like the best way to honor God is to live in your current moment and just enjoy the blessing of life. And if you choose to enjoy the blessing of life by being an atheist and you're doing good, I have no issue with it. And I wish you well. I wish you well as well. Zeus, uh, you heard CJ's call, did you? About, about free will decision-making. If, if we have proof of decision-making, did you hear that? Kind of. Yeah, I did hear it. Do you think we have free will? I believe so. I believe you have a choice on how you want to live your life. If you want to live as an atheist and live as an atheist, if you want to live as a Bible thumper and believe that a book written by men is somehow connected to God, that's your choice. And you know what I mean? Like you, I, I believe you have free will and you can choose the life you want to live. And, and I think that's the best gift God gave us. And whether you choose to not believe him, whether you choose to be a Bible thumper, or whether you choose to be on a farm, God's cool with it either way. And I think that's true love, is allowing you to make whatever decision you want to make. I don't feel that that the way I believe I came at by choice. I don't think anybody, even the Bible thumpers, choose to choose to go into it like that. I think that they're led into it by their life circumstances and their uh, their built-in sort of um, I don't know. They're twi- they get twist people get twisted in life into all kinds of different ways, and when they're born into a culture, they naturally kind of follow into that culture or rebel against it or whatever. I don't know if those things... Yeah, we should have the freedom to be any of those things in terms of fellow human beings allowing each other to be what they, what they think that they are, 
But I don't know if we have free will or make decisions necessarily. Hmm. You know what? I feel like that's a very bad argument, and I will be thinking on that today as I work. And I feel like when you, when I think about it, the reason I've come to, I guess, the way I'm thinking now is through my life circumstances. Right. So is that is that because of the choices I made in life, or is that because God has willed that I go through all these different circumstances and get to this point? It's That's like, a, a very interesting point. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call, Zeus, in Florida. Definitely. Hey, have a good one. Uh, later, Kaz. Have a good one as well. All right. You too. Thank you. Uh, Kaz, we got to close, but I was interested by CJ's argument, like the um, sense of awareness that you have and the sense of decision-making, it kind of reminds me of what what this Zeus said from Florida, that, that maybe the answer of God is, um, rather than looking on the outside and looking for him to speak to you or anything, is for any of us to just check ourselves or check what we think ourselves, our real selves are and our, and our thoughts and um, what we think that we want and all that stuff. And maybe that can kind of, by process of elimination, be finding God. Hmm. By finding what we aren't so, really and what's not true. So here's the problem with that, right? You can go inside yourself. And what you're doing is basically comparing your idea of God to your idea of good. Right. And totally internally, from a very biased perspective, picking and choosing what fits and what doesn't. If if God exists outside of you, if he is a part of the universe itself and not just you, then what his, it's a common thing that runs through all things. Right. And that, that commonality will be apparent. But when we all go into ourselves, and try to figure out what God wants, we all come out with different things. Yep. All right, man. Man, I appreciate you coming on. Um, tell the people how to find you, your different your YouTube channel, Atheist Edge, and uh, Twitter and all that stuff. Yeah, all those things is going to be at Atheist Edge, um, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, uh, I have a Discord. You can come chat with me. Um, taking, I, I love to talk to anybody about anything, so if you have uh, a conversation you want to have, by all means, hit me up. All right, man. Appreciate you coming on. Kaz of Atheist Edge did uh, some great modern-day debate moderating and uh, one, of the, one of the solid guys. And he did a... Um, how are, how's your friend doing? You did a little thing for your friend. Um, he has a place to live now. Um, nice. He's getting his treatment. As far as I know, he's doing good. Right on, man. Well, Thank you for asking about that. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say uh, shout-out to Hake for coming on that show and helping us uh, raise a little bit of money for... Uh, my friend, you, I, regardless of whatever we believe that is different, right? Whatever opinions you may have that I think are bad or whatever, blah, 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 all that crap, right? I think that you genuinely want to be a good person. You genuinely care about other people and you're willing to think about things. So I respect that about you, if nothing else. And I think that's something that's valuable. Right on, man. We'll take care. We'll, t- we'll talk again. Kaz of Atheist Edge. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Guys, this has been The Hake Report. Enjoy. What song did I pull up? It's not. No monkeys in my family tree. What's my track? Uh, oh, Moon Pie Eating. It's Soul Junk Sunday, leftover to Monday. Adios, America. And uh, see you tomorrow. I'll read the rest of your super chats and take the rest of the calls tomorrow, guys. Hopefully, American Anchor Baby coming up. Uh, here's Soul Junk. It's Christian, guys.
I saved this for the end. Easily skipped. Junk. <laughs> To reflect on what keeps folks stressed out and guess it ain't no wrinkling time A 15-tone line, a theoretical spine Can stand up to the mind that exists within mine Possessing all things take part with the divine Ain't lessening the messianic shine, one single photon These scribes got a rack by the door They hang their brain in the coat on I float bond, word, gospel absurd to the natural Capture all data and rapture y'all with truth That hits the syllabus like John Wilkes Booth Dead presidents for gods, I got you pray to your ceiling, formerly aloof Only signal finds its way through is cable access Your priest is an actress who feed on the mattress Off the dish in the roof Fact is, I jack this beat four degrees off its axis To get my battle axe and smack this point home Sweet home hits the dome Smooth the sandpaper, grooves off this cactus Tactical weapons as tools, clear synapses Signs and wonders speak the word and enact it I cracked it, the code that forbids the download Of the abstract, the actual This man is white singing, rapping right now. <laughs> Soul Junk from 1958 is the album name. Happy birthday, Romy. Rome 13. So good. Sounds like Dizzy Rascal. Adios, America. Bye.